good morning, afternoon, or evening. Happy Mother's Day! Yay! Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Welcome to the Not So Daily Show, the show I can see daily, except when it doesn't. I'm your host, Tim McKinnon. Joined by our guest, our special guest, our political <laughs> analyst and guy with the coolest name in the world, mm -hmm. Temba Malile. How are you doing, brother? How are you doing, my brother? Oh, we're here. We're alive. We're here. We're alive. That's the most important thing. Before we get into some politics, a mega story broke this morning yeah. uh, with AKA seemingly making another wrestling entrance, but this time into a room that Nelly was allegedly hiding in. Yeah. Um, last night, we all didn't understand, but AKA put up a statement yeah. saying that there are stories coming out that are seemingly meant to sway the case a certain type of way. He knows who the people that are feeding the stories to the media are. A News 24 story, the way it's breaking, it's not on the night in question. It's actually from a previous incident that was reported of Nelly and AK having a fight. Do you think this type of news have almost any bearing on the case as a whole? It's a tough one, bro. You know, um, there's a lot of emotions involved. I mean, someone passed away, so everyone's probably feeling a bit aggrieved, you yeah. know. But I mean, you hope that the police, when they do their work, obviously they will look through everything, everything right, accordingly. Turn every stone, you know, just actually get to the bottom of the truth, actually what happened to Nelly, you know. So I, don't, I hope things like this don't actually sway. Anything, right, exactly. they should not necessarily have a bearing on the investigation, but at the same time, the investigation actually needs to be thorough, yeah. look through everything, and make sure that they don't miss anything. Yeah, because yeah. a big news story, and like yeah. that's not even the usual stuff that we talk about, yeah, but sure. obviously, because of like the weight of I think the weight of the AK is yeah. how things happen is just yeah. like too big to ignore. I mean, look, it's a bit dodged though, even how things happen, obviously, and I mean, that's why you can understand why her dad felt that way or feels that way in what he said in a statement so see. it's tough bro you know so we just hope that you know the cops actually do a proper proper job exactly. and they get to the bottom of this and at least you know so both families can actually move on doesn't matter how it ends up but yeah. at least you know so both of them can actually get some sort of closure at the end of the day you know so yeah tough one yeah bro it is it is a bit of a a sticky one i mean look, when we saw the statement last night obviously we were out in the streets <laughs> and then bam <laughs> Yeah, yes, you couldn't put two and two together. Okay, you know, what yeah. is about what we read in the morning. Only when you wake up in the morning, you see the, the article comes out. Hey, and those pictures photos like, are... And those photos don't look good at all, bro. Hey, they don't look good. They don't look good at all. You know, um, I saw someone, you know, comparing it to the Oscar Pistorius situation. I don't know if it's too much of a stretch. Yeah, and last time yeah. when we said it, I got some DMs saying this is a sensitive issue. Don't yeah. make jokes about it. And I wasn't making a joke. joke I was like... Making, uh, not saying it is, but putting all the thoughts out there yeah, because sure. obviously there are different views on it. Yeah. And now there isn't more similarities of somebody hiding in a room, breaking through a door. So it's not yeah. going to help the case. But I feel like the facts aren't out. And yeah. you know, like I said, it's not the night in question. That's so, sure. but it's scary still. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. I mean, you know, um, I think I saw someone actually talking about it on Twitter about how relationships hard especially you don't know the type of person that you actually go into a relationship with you know obviously at first everyone brings forth their best foot yeah and then you know as you guys engage go through the motions not you know the true side yeah of the person comes out and worst part is that they're in the public eye yeah. this is aka and so actually even talking about it now yeah. he's aka so obviously there's that public persona that we all see all love and all wish do you know that this is maybe who he might be? Yeah. But at the end of the day, we don't know. Yeah, as a human being, he's got his flaws. We don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe this is 
coming out, bro. And if it's that the case, dog, justice just must be served. But at the yeah. same time, justice even for him, if if it's not, yeah, yeah it's you get what I'm saying. Exactly, so, yeah. exactly. Speaking of starting with a good side, that's yeah. a perfect segue to our next story, which is yeah. the ANC and the true colors coming out. <laughs> so yeah, let's go into the ANC, yeah. the only organization currently doing worse than Kaiser Chiefs. <laughs> The tug of war between President Cyril Ramaphosa and Secretary General Ace Mahashule has left the ANC even more exposed than Prince KB, with people calling for the ANC to just follow in the footsteps of the ZCC and split into two, the bird and, and the star. Good evening, Mr. President. What is your response to Ace Mahashule suspending you from the party? But speaking of serious splits, uh, Bill Gates and Melinda Gates decided to call it quits after 27 years of marriage. On the day of their divorce filing, Bill transferred 1.8 billion in stocks to Melinda Gates. And now all they have to discuss is which countries that they own each one is going to take. But even after all of that, one of the biggest stories that came out this week was the drama with the Zulu Game of Thrones, with Prince Misu Zulu Zulu finally being named the preferred heir to the throne. And guys, I can't complain about a guy named Misu Zulu Zulu being the king of the Zulus. It seems meant to be, <laughs> but the drama did happen and it was quite a bit of a struggle getting this guy in, bro. Spanish is showing you, look at those high-caliber rifles there. Anyone who attempts to enter Wapagelamakegane Royal Palace is being told not to come. Uh, I can tell you that security is really tight here. Security is tight. And I can tell you that tensions are running high. It's bound to happen. You know, there were reports that it was... Look at... Wow. Okay. will show you. Turning out, Kanyiso will show you. There is the glimpse of Prince Misuzulu. He's being taken inside the car. He is being whisked away by heavy security. Look at that. Look at those high caliber rifles there. Prince Misuzulu is going. Let me give you natural sound as the convoy leaves. What did what did you think of that ceremony? Did you watch when they read the will? Yeah, I caught a bit of it. Though. It was a little bit hectic, you know, obviously. Guns flying. But at the same time, I think even the reading of the will, right? I think she was just following through with the wishes, maybe, of the king, not necessarily her personal wishes, because I'm sure the king probably would have... Yeah, because the uh, king had said she must take over, Yeah, and that gives her the power to decide if she doesn't want to take over, who must take over if she chose even, the first son. Yeah, I think even with that, right, her taking over obviously was like temporarily mm. until they get king in until the coronate the new like, king. So do you think like the Zulu nation is ready for like a queen? Because if she had lived yeah. and before Misu Zulu would come in yeah. as per her wishes, she would have to reign for a while. Do you think yeah. the Zulu nation was ready for that? I think I mean maybe just from what we've seen, right? Obviously this from a distance they were kind of open to it at that point. I mean, obviously, as being a regent for that yeah. temporary time, I think they were supportive as well, especially the Omabutu. Yeah. yeah, you know, the, the spear of the of the nation. They were, you know, I think quite receptive of her. Hence, I think even now, when now that she has left us, and then now, obviously, Mrs. Uli is coming in, they are the ones that are now also looks like they're backing him, just like how when they actually went into the palace, he was surrounded yeah. by Amabutu. So obviously I think that means there was some sort of 
agreement synergy also with yeah. her reign obviously now leading to his reign at the same time yeah. yeah do you think bro like we all act shocked when we see that people are fighting people are contesting the wills yeah. people want it to be proved but isn't this just any any transition of power this yeah. comes with For it sure. will never be seamless For especially sure. with like usually with uh, kings they have multiple wives yeah. and the wives have multiple children yeah. and then now one of those children have to come and take the throne so mm. i feel like maybe with like the media being involved oh, obviously yeah. king goodwill was there for a long time so people yeah. don't remember how he came in yeah, but even sure. reports come out that he had to go into hiding Hiding's after there. he came in and it's it seems to be always like that but now the media is getting involved and not to be like funny but you find like white people reporting on the stories yeah, that yeah, yeah. they don't really understand yeah, yeah. and it paints a different picture to yeah. to everyone you know so yeah i think i think there is a lot of controversy yeah. but do you, it will come down eventually right for sure definitely i mean like like you said at the time when king king good was originally came in he also had to go into hiding yeah. and if my memory serves well um, Mrs. Zulu also was in hiding for a bit, yeah. right? And then he came out obviously when his father died, exactly. or before then, I'm just not sure about the timeline, yeah. but obviously he was also in hiding. Yeah. Correct us in the comment section, right? But my understanding is that a king is born, or in this situation, would be born from a wife that's of royal blood. Yeah. So in this case, I mean, I think she's sister to King Mswati, in, yeah, 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 obviously yeah. now she's of royal blood, hence yeah. now she got married into the family yeah. and she obviously I think was the one designated to, to bear the king. Yeah, yeah, because also they say that she was, her lawala was paid by the Zulu nation. Yeah. So I think that's what yeah. also um, um, stamps that she was married to bear the future the king. king. It's pretty interesting. It's yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, things like this are bound to happen, bro. Yeah. They're bound to happen. They're bound to be contestations. And I think even throughout history, right, yes. if you want to call it that, every time a new king had to ascend, there was always some sort of a commotion. And maybe this is also just a, you know, stem yeah. to show that this is actually the guy who's supposed to come in. Because I think I heard yesterday, if not day before, that the guys that were opposing him on the faction in the family that was opposing him have now said that they accept him. They accept you know, they accept him. his appointment as the king and yeah, it's just gonna have to move on. So I think, at least, I think that's the best solution for everyone, for the nation also yeah. right now, especially, it's a turbulent time, a turbulent having time, lost the, the father now, the mother yeah, of the nation, is a time, yeah. and then now there's all this commotion. I don't think the, the nation itself needs it. Yeah. I don't think the royal house needs it. What they, I think they would probably need right now is to rally behind each other, come together as a family, and then show that you yeah, and then move yeah. through the, the tough time. Yeah, speaking of factions, bro, <laughs> let's talk about the ANC factions. Yeah. And President Ramaphosa was going into what was it? Was it the summit? Was it uh, where, 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 where he was asked what he thinks of Isma Hashile suspending oh. him? <laughs> and his response was So, yeah. do you think they don't take ACE seriously? Does ACE have yeah. a, a leg to stand on? Because for me, I understand Ace's case yeah. in a way. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying he's innocent. And I watched his press conference with yeah. some girl and a lot of stuff that he was saying there was going all Tokyo yeah. in a way. But it doesn't make sense for a deputy secretary general to suspend a, de a secretary general. That makes even less sense than a secretary general support suspending a president. Because if they had uh, talked about it, if Ramaphosa was to be suspended, it would be by Ace. Yeah. But Ace can't really be suspended by his deputy. That shows that the ANC has not actually reeled in their support 
to make that happen and they they have not put the the necessary uh, mechanisms, mechanisms for him to go out because look, it, it looked rushed. Yeah. How do you just send a letter from the deputy saying you're suspending the secretary general? It's a tough one, right? I think turbulent times in the ANC right now, bro, it's crazy. The ANC is it's going through the most, right? And I think that's actually playing out now in how they're dealing with the SG situation, yeah. how the SG has responded to that situation. Um, now, actually, there's a leak that came out, I think, last night, or the today and yesterday, from the current NEC meeting. And from just uh, what Tawon Beki was saying, from what President Beki was saying in those meetings, um, Dakota Lihot was saying in those meetings, Dan Matawat was saying in those meetings, you can hear that it's not right. It's, it's, not, it's right. not right. And one thing Dakota said that stood out for me was that for the past four years of this new of the current leadership structure, they haven't been doing anything about the material conditions of the people or the black people in South Africa. They've been just fighting amongst themselves about who must do this, who must step aside, which is a dominant faction in charge. How do they now also assert their dominance? And their dominance now, I think the what one way they're asserting it is by making sure Ace gets out and the people that are aligned to Ace, you know, and there's pertinent bread and butter issues. Yeah, and they should be dealing with issues of the economy, unemployment, and now also the ANC is sharing jobs. They're going to share jobs. jobs. They're not affording, they're getting exposed for using uh, money to SOEs to to do their own things. Yeah, and I think my my biggest issue is that even us as a nation or as a country, we've gotten so entrenched and consumed by ANC politics that we've lost the sight of what actually really matters. Do you get what I'm saying? Exactly. What actually matters? Getting people out of poverty. Do you get what I'm saying? Infrastructure. How do we move forward the economy? We talk about the 4IR, but the only thing we know about the 4IR is that like, what is that? It was embroidered on a jacket that says 4IR. Yeah. That's the only thing the communication minister has said, or it's telecommunication exactly. minister said. Other than that, what's going on? How do you move into the next, the next yeah. generation? And like, so it's, oh, and sad, that's why even things like the State Capture Commission are looked at as a power play. I mean, uh, like I said, um, I have a lot of disagreements with ACE, but yeah. the resolutions that they're using to, to sideline him yeah. and other guys, they say there was a bunch of resolutions made there. Yeah. Land ownership, yeah. you know, reserve, a, bank. A reserve bank, economic transformation, things that we care about, yeah. but they only implementing the one that they care yeah. about. So it's like, ah, what is the priority here? So yeah, there's a lot of... Look, I think what's wrong mostly with South African politics, like in general across the board, is that it's personality politics, it's cult politics. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not ideological anymore. So me and you aren't necessarily having an ideological conversation around what we need as a country, how do we move a country forward. We are having personality politics in terms of Tampa must ascend. Temper must lead, it's, you know. But it's U.S. type politics. But hey, Trump, in, love Trump. But even in that, even in that sense, when Trump was campaigning, Trump was able to outline what his positions are. You knew he was a nationalist, right? You knew he was focused on the country, moving away from globalization. On our side, the only thing we know is that Cyril was campaigning on an anti-corruption ticket. But every single day, we hear about around Cyril. We don't know what Cyril's ideological position is. We don't know what the ACE ideological position is right now, but if you look at the EFF at the same time, I mean, they have their own problems, but they have their 10, 7 cardinal pillars. You know them. There they are. They quote-unquote live them, right, in how they, what they say in Parliament, what they present in Parliament. Obviously, they, what we see is the noise. 
that they make and that's what the eyes are shined on or the light is shined on but now when you hear your float chimambu in those what what portfolio committees yeah. the content that they bring in that's you know those are people that as much as they have the issues but they know what they're talking about yeah. they're researching the stuff and also they're not you in know. power yet yeah for you, sure you have to be honest because if we look we always say anc on paper anc looks like one of the best parties yeah. that could ever govern yeah. but now when with the power you're not seeing that paper come to fruition sure. so you look at even like the eff where we can't judge them because I don't want to judge them badly because they haven't had the power, but I also can't give them the props yet because right now everything is just on paper. For sure. I mean, actually having a conversation with a friend um, yesterday around Lamini, right? Being a, a customary law expert. I wanted to say, <laughs> I wanted to say there because I was like, did you see he was the expert yeah, on News you 24? <laughs> you know, but now here's my question around that. How do we not judge and say he cannot be an expert on cultural matters? He's, he's a law graduate, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He's done customary law, so he probably has some sort of an understanding. I'm not saying he's an expert, yeah, but now my that. question was, what would be the difference between the Wadlamini, who has done the stuff on paper, in, and then like us here, or another political analyst or whatnot, because all of them is just stuff on paper that they've written down yeah. that hasn't been necessarily tested. Yeah. You know, to say, okay, you are lying, as wrong as wrong. But in this case, whatever it was said, right? When you look at what he said and you look at what's happening or culture also, if it makes sense, does that not, not qualify him maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, yeah. they, they, they actually protected themselves. They call him, yeah. they call him an, an analyst yeah, yeah. instead of an expert. Okay, okay. But, which, but it's still you're still in a position of giving guidance, you know? Yeah. So I didn't really have a problem with that. Yeah. I just felt like, firstly, okay, in the past, since when I was at Vets and first was, Fees Must Fall was happening, yeah. a lot of guys who were part of the struggle have ascended to powerful uh, places, positions. Vian Nipambo, Nompendulo, she's an MP, yeah. he's uh, uh, EFF spokes, you know? And then, yeah, and then Kebo was, I think, also supposed to be part of that, but yeah. Kebo is not from South Africa. He's from Swaziland, yeah. right? So when I saw him do the customary law things, yeah. it just looks like another hustle to get back. For me, So I find it a bit yeah. weird, but I can't knock if, whether it is a hustle or not. Yeah. But what I didn't like, right, when I heard him give his analysis, was how politicized it was, you know, because that's not a political space. Yeah. And, and I, I do think there was also a very smart political mind, you know. That guy commands power very strongly. Like, I, I watched him when, we, when they were doing Fees Must Fall, and he was um, doing these addresses to the students. He has a very big command of power. But now I'm just also scared for him because I don't know what route you take in if you are strong at something but you can't it's like not being able to practice law in the country you want to practice it in he can't really practice politics to the top in south africa because they'll always go back to that you're not from so south africa, africa. You know? i think also like what you're saying you need to be able to take off the one hat to put on the other, other hat. yeah you so, can't you know, yeah we all have our internal biases even us being exactly. here we have our own biases that we think and yeah, yeah. but now when we're in front of the camera now we, we are putting them to as possible yeah. Yeah. so yeah that's that's for me the only thing yeah. that stood out but i also feel like he was getting unnecessary backlash from people on twitter yeah. but some people also supported him yo <laughs> okay come through guys we're doing a mother's day episode so
Mamzo is out relaxing from Kat. So yeah, so I also did see people uh, supporting him and yeah. saying, yo, he's doing what he studied, you know, yeah. and you can't just act like he never went to school just because yeah. it's political. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, one last one I wanted to discuss with you is the uh, Chief Justice situation. Uh, Mukweng Mukweng is now on long leave with how many months are left of his I'm not sure how many months, months. Five months. Yeah, but the leave is thingy what do you call it it now coincides with until the end of his term, his term. so in actual fact this thing has resigned bro he's but, not there anymore. bro don't you think this like sort of dents his legacy because he was there for how long um i mean it, it, I, I think the term was like, what the term is a seven year term yeah it was a term. very long term yeah. but his last year was very controversial First with the uh, vaccine stuff, the yeah. 666, people wanting him to apologize. Then now he's there in Judge Pillay's application, mm. bringing up things from 2016 that he never brought up, but he's been making more news. Yeah. And I feel like that just dents his legacy because he was, for me, in the first four or five years, like, well, I don't have anything to compare to because, yeah. you know, I wasn't very... Um, involved oh, with the other yeah. chief justices but he was a great chief justice yeah. you know he, he he seemed very unbiased mm -hmm. seemed very uh, his integrity never came into question yeah. but i feel like that kind of just dents his legacy see, here's the thing when you look at when he came in there was obviously controversy around his appointment mm. everyone was looking at him as a zuma person yeah you know so obviously then, when, when you looked at uh, looked at as a zuma person the spotlight was on him, his integrity was questioned until it got to a point where quote unquote he made a decision that did not go Zuma's way and then now all of a sudden he's this guy with integrity, moral compass and then now going back to the two hats, obviously he's a Christian, he lives the Christian life, he doesn't hide it, he said it multiple times, that's who he is but that, that does not affect necessarily his well as a judge, do you get what I'm saying, his work as a judge. But he's not gonna hide his, his Christian his, side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even with that six six oh, the vaccine, vaccine thing, yeah. right? Uh, well, I mean his prayer word. After he prayed, <laughs> chiki chiki, AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca doesn't work. AstraZeneca doesn't work. You know. So shout there, that's a tick for Chief Justice, right? That's one. <laughs> and then two, the Israel thing and the Palestine thing, I yeah. think that one is a very, very, very serious thing and we have to like that's a whole conversation on its own for another day. I don't know, bro. Um Bit, con bit controversial, right? But obviously, being strong-willed as he is, I don't think he is gonna apologize. I think he's appealed it, right? And then now, when I look at now his sabbatical, how I see it, right? I think it might be a precursor to something big that's gonna happen now. And it's one of two things, he just doesn't wanna be a part of it, right? And obviously, he's trying to protect his legacy in that regard. So it go going back a couple of episodes ago where we spoke about how actually can the constitutional court send someone to jail yeah you yeah. know so my I'm, how i'm seeing it right yeah. i'm linking it to, to jacob Zuma. yeah his sabbatical has something to do with jacob zuma and maybe the decision that the court is going to make he probably doesn't want to endorse it or actually have his name part of it yeah. and i think the best thing we're going to do is just because yeah, yeah. left and then be yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah because even in the past there have been decisions made by the bench that he said he does not yeah. agree with but yeah. because 
It's a majority judgment. It's a majority judgment. So I think, yeah, his principles, yeah. he's always been straight. Yeah. I think, I mean, look, the beauty about the court, the constitutional court, is that it does allow for, obviously, a minority judgment and a majority judgment yeah. or a descending judgment, whatever you want to call it. And that now gives you, maybe as a judge, the space to actually pen your judgment, obviously, and now put your understanding forward. Okay, this is what the other guys are saying, saying. but this is what I think. But it, yeah. you're right, it's a catch-22 for him because... Yeah. If he, he can't say, I say, let's not sentence Zuma. Well, he can. And say, yeah. But, but it, it doesn't look good for him. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. The catch 22, whereas in the past, it was just simply principles. Yeah. Now, it might also further dent his uh, reputation to say, everybody thinks it's a clear cut case with Zuma, mm. but it never is. It never is. Also, to be honest, does he really, looking at how the uh, State Capture Commission has gone? Yeah. Should we really be blaming Zuma as much as we do? I don't, no. I mean, it's not. It's not right. Yeah. But there've been so many controversies that we can't just catapult the Zuma one and say yeah. Zuma was the only thing wrong. Zuma didn't come to. But you see, that, that, it goes back to what I was saying earlier on that our politics are so personality driven. Yeah. That we were so sure or convinced that once we get rid of Zuma. All our problems all of a sudden are gonna be gone. Yeah. You know, while we know that South Africa's problems are structural, yeah. you know, very deep, you know, and the leadership. In... <laughs> you what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very deep, rooted obviously in apartheid and colonialism, and once we still haven't dealt with those issues. So, uh, you know, um, I think the media played a very, very big role, right? Actually, let me just say, not necessarily say the media, right? But we were led to believe that once we get rid of Zuma, Everything. all our problems will be solved. You know, and if we're being honest, we all know that our structure, our problems are very structural in terms of even how business works in South Africa. Yeah. You know, how maybe procurement works in private sector. Yeah. You know, how procurement works in, gov in, in government. Yeah. Things are very, very structural, right? and those are things that we cannot ignore anymore. Yeah. And with Jacob Zuma not being out of the picture, those problems are still there. Still there. Still prevalent. Some and of them are more, worse. And some of them yeah. are worse now. So now more and more people are actually coming to realize that Zuma, obviously, he's not innocent. Yeah. Right? But he's not really also not the source a, of all, all of our problems. not a minority problem. Yeah. But now the politics of personalities, the personality counts, where we have people who are good, who are bad. Yeah. Cyril is good, Zuma is bad. These are the same people. These are the same people. These are the same people, but now we have it. We, we demonize certain people and angelize, I don't even know that's a real word, but yeah. you know, it's unfortunate. And I think once as a country and as a society we move from that type of politics into more ideological, obviously I understand ideological driven politics also, there's almost a pie in the sky because mm. we're just thinking this is what we can do, this is how we're supposed to do. But it is that way we're able to actually have more in-depth and meaningful discussions and conversations around what would be good for us as a yeah. society. Unlike now, just having superficial conversations, conversations. about Zuma, about BE, right? When we don't actually really, really have a proper, proper conversation, and let's just of the BE policy. Yeah. What is it? What is it supposed to do? How do we now move it around, you know, to fit our problems today? Yeah. Exactly. Do you get what I'm saying? Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's a lot. I actually, it's we should have an episode on the BE yeah. situation because um, I support BE. Yeah. But I feel like. When you, like I said, when you get it on paper, BE makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Even in my own work, I've seen cases where I was like, yo, this black guy would never stand a chance of getting this job yeah. if it was not for BE because historically they just can't have that. But hey, the abuse of BE yeah. has been 
a problem. So I think yeah. we should actually have a whole panel of the yeah. different views. Um, and a lot of times, it's like uh, a lot of my white um, uh, colleagues or guys that I've studied with, you know, they, they talk about how it affects them badly. Yeah. Uh, we talk about how um, the principle of it is. And at the end of the day, a lot of times we agree, it's like, oh, yeah, so it was supposed to be used like that. That would work. This is it, yeah. you know. And I feel like there hasn't been a conversation explaining BE to the world. There hasn't been, no, to the country. Yeah. There's also been, not been a conversation explaining tendering to the country. Because every country uses a procurement mechanism exactly. to use the resources in the country. The government can't do things themselves. Now we look at the abuse of it and then we paint it with a color and yeah. say it's black. Then you call black businesses that work hard to come with a service that they give to government. You call them tenderpreneurs. Yeah. When this is a hard-working businessman doing the same thing that business other businesses is doing and we say, BE, we look at guys when they're in the news, they're like, ah, I'm tenderpreneur, mm. and that's, that's not fair, yeah. you know, so we do need to go deeper into understanding what is BE, how do, how do governments across the world procure services yeah. and products, and just, yeah, I think that's a, mm. a very good point. Yeah. But yeah, we should definitely set a proper episode yeah. for that, but for today's episode, I think we are all good. Yeah. Google, do you want to say bye to everyone? Mm. Say bye on the camera. Okay. See you next week. Tell them to subscribe. Subscribe. And like. Subscribe. And like. And comment. And comment. Okay. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> okay, bye.